nothing since self-deprivation more than having worked years and years to better your emotional compass, to learn about your traumas and learn to heal them, to stop all these toxic patterns that you gain as a way to protect yourself. Nothing says self-deprivation more than working on all of that, succeeding at the work, mind you, becoming a different person because of the work, managing to find new and better patterns of behavior, managing to find a great support system, managing to help your mental, managing to remove your problem with being perceived as somebody who needs help, managing all of that, taking your medications, attempting to go to therapy, consistently looking to the brighter side of life, even though your entire life has been chaos and hell. Nothing sells self-deprivation more than doing all of that work and then years later finding yourself back at the same place that initiated these behaviors, initiated these patterns and these toxic thoughts and seeing yourself revert back to your old ways. That's funny. Hi, my name is Christina and welcome to another episode of Jack of All Talks. And I know by the sound of my voice you guys understand that this might be a more of a serious episode. Uh, I don't know what to call this a podcast episode yet as I'm basically talking about it now, but I think uh, I'm going along the lines of self-preservation, right? Uh, yesterday I tried to make a podcast recording for it, called it Self-Preservation 2, But I spent 45 minutes just basically rambling on how much I don't like my father and how much my father has taken from me and um, the abusive nature of my family. And and after re-listening to this, I was like, holy shit, Christina, this is for a therapist and this is not for like a podcast. You need to delete this right now. But anyway, I hope your days are going well. I hope your physical, your mental, everything around you, emotional, everything. Even girl, I hope you're getting laid or boy, I hope you're getting laid. Like, you know, I hope you're just living your best life. I'm not. I've been um, at my parents' house for a couple of months, and at first, the physical world was like, the physical aspect of being there was like, not necessarily the best, but my mental was sharp, my mental was strong, and I was okay. But I feel like the more time I spend here, the more my mental stability declines, and the more I revert back into the person that I tried so hard not to be, into the person that I tried so hard to heal. And it's not necessarily something I'm at fault for, it's just... And I'm trying not to blame myself for it. But anyway, to give you a small understanding of who I'm talking about, Christina is a very anxious child. Christina has been raised in a house that kept her anxious at all times. She was always walking on eggshells because her father was an alcoholic. Her mother has a strong temper and she lived with an uncle that wanted her dead for some reason. I don't know, I was that nigga's beef with me. He just ain't like me, he ain't fuck with me, I ain't do shit to that man, but whatever. But anyway, a lot of stuff that happened in my old house living with my parents like just took a lot for me mentally they just kind of shaped me to the person I was and not the person that I am now and the fact that the person that I am now is really colliding with the person I was it make it's making me scared and because I'm getting scared I'm becoming frantic anyway last night I find myself taking a drive right last night I took a drive holding my father's card and I had my father's card because my mother pressured me to buying alcohol when I first came back to the house like a couple of months ago, I had said to everybody that I will not buy them alcohol. I do not want to purchase them alcohol at all. Uh, but nevertheless, they have put me in situations where I've, I felt like I had no choice but to do it. Uh, like this one time, my mother was like, um, we're going to order food on DoorDash. And mind you, I have no money. So hell yeah, we're going to order food on DoorDash, but you need to order a bottle of liquor. And I was thinking, what the fuck? Like, it's either I don't get the food or I like I buy the liquor so I just said fuck it and I bought the liquor that happened twice and I felt like shit about it but I just locked myself in the room for the rest of the night and I was like I, I'm not gonna deal with whatever the hell's going on out there 
But yesterday, yesterday was even worse, right? See, because me and my father got in a physical altercation two days ago. And I've never gotten in a physical altercation with an adult, like, or a man, really. Except for that one time when I was in middle school and a guy hit me and I hit him back. But physical altercations with a man is not something I've been prone to. It's not something that's part of my day-to-day basis. You know, my my to-do list for Christina today, get into a physical altercation to a, with a man that's like, what, 50 years older than you? I don't know. That's fucking weird. I, I wouldn't do that. But my father had put me in a predicament where he had, like, hurt me physically. And so I was going to defend myself because I'm sick and fucking tired of people trying to put, you know, um, trying to treat me like shit. But anyway, nevertheless, my mother got between the two of us. So I think I did a good heavy push because he fell down. My mother got between the two of us and yelled at him that he should have never touched me. And now I only touched them and pushed them on the floor because he touched me first. And I hadn't realized by the time, but he was drunk. I should have noticed because his eyes were bloodshot red. And he looked so menacing. He scared me, but I'm proud of myself because I stood my ground. But anyway, that 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 kind of, uh, that situation in itself took a toll, like a heavy toll on my mental. And I did not know how to take it. I did not know how to process it. So after it happened, I just stood silently and I called my best friends and really uh, one of them just was really speechless about what happened. And the other one had a lot of words, you know, emotional stuff to talk about. But truly, I wish I could have had somebody come and save me out of my situation and just tell me, Christina, uh, pack your shit. Let's come stay with me for a couple of days. But anyway, after this whole shebang happened, my mother took a shot and went to sleep. I I just went to sleep because I don't need to drink to go to sleep. The next day, I made it clear that I was not going to associate with my father. My mother and I had spoken the night before, and she basically, in her mind, she thought that we could live in harmony so long that we don't speak to each other. I don't know what kind of harmony that is. Um, I've lived with strangers. I've lived with roommates. I've lived with friends. And if I'm living in a house where I have to consistently make sure that I'm not speaking to you, that's not harmony. That's fucking stupid. I should not be living with you. Like, I should be able to have any regular schmegular conversations with the roommate that I'm living with. If I have to go out of my way to avoid you, to ignore you, that is, that's a problem to me. That's, I'm not good. This is not a place I want to be at. But whatever. I don't have a choice right now. This is where I'm stuck. So it is what it is. The next day, I made it very clear that I was not interested in having any conversation with anybody that was not my mother. It's only the three of us in the house, so just my father I didn't want to talk to. And he has spent the entire day trying to engage in conversation with me as if nothing happened the night prior. And so I was, like, really annoyed, and I had my headphones on for most of the day because, again, I do not want to talk to you after everything that went down. I want you to leave me alone. But the message was not being processed, you see. He went out of his way to find anything and everything to try to talk to me. Matter of fact, he would come and bother me in my own space, in my own area. He'd come and bother me and tell me something fucking stupid, something that has no relation to anything that's happening in the house, something that's not even currently happening, just to talk to me. I suppose that's his very asshole way of saying that he's sorry, but that's an apology I will never accept. But anyway, what I hadn't noticed is that in the morning, my mom sent him to go buy liquor, and it was like, wow, that says a lot. I love my mom. But truly, you saw how this man treated me last night when he was drunk, and yet you make him go buy liquor so that you both can get drunk. And when you both get drunk, you cannot protect me. I cannot protect me. It's you guys versus me because when they both get drunk, they can both be belligerent. But anyway, throughout the day, they basically uh, enjoyed each other's company while they were drunk, and I basically stayed out of the way. But of course, that could never last because my father found a way to bring me in the mix, tapping me and trying to hold me, telling me to do this, that, and the third. He basically started a conversation with me that involved the dishes because I was eating food that I made with dishes. 
and I had the dishes in the sink stacked neatly and I was eating my food on a you know a plate and I was going to eat before washing the rest of my dishes because the fuck I want to eat now I was making dumplings which were fucking bomb by the way I learned how to make dumplings on fucking tiktok uh tiktok is my new search engine so fuck meta and facebook and google you cool i love google i'm not gonna leave it for nobody but i heard that they were also lobbying tiktok so you do whatever y'all want with that information but anyway um so i made some dumplings and they were fire as per usual and i gave my dog two of them and i was eating my shit and basically he comes over just kind of like trying to shake me because i was not listening to him and he starts yelling again that's the thing i don't like being yelled at especially for no reason and so he starts yelling very loudly and so I just kind of get up and I take my dumplings and I go somewhere else with them and my mom follows me and she's basically like what's wrong what's going on what's wrong what's going on as if it's not happening right in front of her so then she starts yelling at him to leave me alone because that was the deal the deal was that we would live in the house without addressing each other is that a is that a family kind of thing to do not necessarily but that's what I have to do in the meanwhile so she yells at him and then later on she comes back and she says christina i need you to buy me a bottle hopefully we can understand the amount of defeat i am feeling in the house my car has little gas i have no money i have no job i have no resources my friend live a state and a whole three cities away so i have nobody i'm in a whitewashed town i'm like in trump city where every third person is you know down with the nurse down with the nurse why power that's every other person here so i have no friends i'm a black black little lady 24 years old i moved there for just a little time to get my shit together i've been here for two months and i still haven't found a job though i'm anxiously looking i've been trying to grow my platform but that shit just takes time and work at the end of the day i know that but i thought i would at least have a safe space to do all this shit and then bounce because i do i do not expect to be here for a long time or at least i did not but anyway, so I feel defeated. She comes to me and she tells me this. And I said, no, I won't do it. And she says, okay. And then she starts getting mad, right? She doesn't yell at me. She just goes outside and she basically explains to my father that I don't want to go for her either. Because I know my father put her up to the plant. And so they begin yelling at each other at how they would get the liquor. Normally, they get the neighbor to buy them liquor. And so that's that's the thing. You see how I said that I had an issue with being perceived? Yeah, that's fucking embarrassing to me for my parents, two drunk people, to keep going to the neighbor on like a weekly or every three, four day basis to give them $20 so that he could go and buy them liquor. That's something they do. So it's like, you embarrassing me, nigga. What the fuck? Like, yo, is it that deep? To them it is, apparently. Anyway, they discussed that the neighbors weren't home and so they didn't know who to call to go buy them the liquor. And so my mom comes inside again and she's like, I'm going to buy the liquor on Uber. I don't listen to her. I don't I think I don't think she knows what the fuck she's doing because, you know, I, I don't think she even knows how to function Uber Eats. And so she keeps saying that and she has her phone and she doesn't know what she's doing and they get in an argument because they cannot get their liquor. And they're yelling so much and I cannot hear my thoughts. I cannot hear anything. I cannot hear what I'm watching, even when I have headphones on. So inevitably my father comes in here and he starts yelling at me and he's yelling at me for what of course because i don't want to buy him liquor my father has had this growing animosity towards me because i said to him several times i don't want to buy you liquor and i'm not going to buy you liquor and i don't care if you like get mad i don't care which in english means you could take yourself and drop yourself on the floor as a grown man tantrum i'm not going to buy it for you so that's what i've been that's the kind of wave i've been in in the house but anyways he come inside and he starts yelling da, 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 da. christina you're good for nothing yeah, da, 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 da. because if i'm not buying him liquor i'm good for nothing that's an addiction mindset but whatever my mom comes inside and she's just yelling at him and i just want this to stop i just want this to stop so i say fuck it 
holy shit, you two are insufferable when you guys get like this. So I tell my mom, fuck it, I will go buy you your bottle. What do you want? And I've been trying to assess her because I'm not talking to that man after what happened two days ago. And I'm telling her, what do you want? And she's telling me what she wants, but he's yelling at me as if I'm going to listen to him. And I tell her, look, when he's done with the yelling, then we can talk. I cannot hear anything. So she takes me outside and I tell her outside, do you really need this liquor? Why can't you just drink something I have? Because I have liquor from my birthday. That was in November. That was like five months ago, I think. Five months ago? Yeah? No, whatever. Yeah, five months ago. But anyway, I was like, why don't you just take a shot of my liquor and just go to sleep? She's like, no, I need like a whole bottle to go to sleep. That's bullshit. That's an alcoholic mindset. Whatever. Cool. So I tell her, can you please stop drinking? And she says, oh, I'm only going to buy this bottle and this bottle's going to last me like weeks. And that's the thing about my mom. See, my mom is a very different case of alcoholism. She can drink and put the bottle down and not touch it for weeks on end. But at the same time, it's really hard for her to put the bottle down while she's picked it up, right? So for example, she'll start drinking on Friday. And that means that she'll be drunk on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then Sunday night, she'll put the bottle down. And on Monday, she'll wake up sober and not drink for another week and a half. That's the thing. When she's sober, she's the best person to be around with. When she's like on her second day of her drunken bend, like bender, she's awful. She becomes just as insufferable as my father. My father on end doesn't have a limit or a cap to how much he can drink. He will drink every day. He will beg people for liquor. He will make people uncomfortable by begging for liquor, all that shit. He doesn't know when to stop. He only stops when my mom hides the bottles and forces him to stop. And so to a very good extent, they are both alcoholics, but my mom enables my father's alcoholism much more than anything else because she has grown very reliant on the bottle to put her to sleep. And it's like, there are sleeping pills, there are sleep medication, we could have done anything, but the truth is she really cannot sleep. And so I don't have another alternative to help her sleep because again, I don't have money. I can't take her to a doctor and figure out what the fuck is wrong with her. So this is what it is so anyway my mother says that she's going to put down the bottle she just needs it to basically go to sleep tonight and i don't trust her and that, and it's not because i think she's not going to do that it's just because you never know you have two alcoholics in the house and you're going to buy them a bottle but frankly i was getting sick and fucking tired of the house so i grabbed my keys and i went and when i went in the car i called my cousin and i called my cousin and i told her everything and i was furious I was cursing, I was yelling, I was screaming, and it's been a while since I've ever reacted like that. You see, I'm not holding any anger in. I don't have anger to hold in towards a lot of stuff, but this anger that has manifested and that, was, that I was releasing last night was just because of the two months I had been spending in this house. That's literally it. And I was yelling and I began saying stuff like I would rather die than live with these people for so long. And that's true. I love my mother. I do not love my dad. I love my mom. She is an amazing woman. She is a hardworking woman, but she is an alcoholic and she enables my father's alcoholism. Unfortunately for me, my mom does not protect me from my father's alcoholism. I've been having problems with my father's alcoholism since I was in middle school and high school. My father has put me in a lot of like irredeemable predicaments some of them physically where i could have gotten really hurt some of them including me and my best friends at the ripe age of 14 years old getting into a car like driving his car to go pick him up because he was slumped in front of somewhere in public like i'm telling you that man has put me in some very uncomfortable predicaments before and it's not a one-time event it has been several times this man has taken a lot from me and he hasn't taken money he hasn't taken resources what he's taken is far much worse it was my mental capability and my my fucking youth.
But to my extent, I always told my love about these things, right? Perhaps like the time where I picked him up in front of houses because I didn't want him to get in that much trouble. And then I had sympathy and empathy for him, but now I have none. And so I would tell my mom some of the stuff he did, but nevertheless, they stayed together. Nevertheless, my mother never said, Christina, let's go to a motel for a night. Nevertheless, she never kicked him out and told him to find a place to stay for the night. Nevertheless, she consistently kept me in his vicinity, even though he was a really, really, really bad man when he was drunk, even though he was really, really, really mean. And he did not even see me as Christina when he was drunk. He would think that I'm other women, different women that he could harass when he was drunk. And I would tell her these things but he was there in the vicinity and I don't know why my mom never thought that I was important enough to protect from this man but I think I kind of understood when understood understood is a big fucking statement I think uh she kind of gave her her reasoning when I came here and it doesn't make sense to me still but basically for her he's like a knight in shining armor like he's like a hero turned into a villain because for his youth he took care of everybody his father his friends his family her and everything they he took them to America he had a job he held three jobs trying to make sure that I came to America and have a better life but the thing is I never know my father I I don't know who my father was outside of being an alcoholic abusive man like, I don't know him outside of that. He's always been like that to me. So that's really funny because her stories are like, she's this great man and he did all of this for you. And she would tell me stuff even as they're happening when I was in America. She'd be like, oh, you didn't know it. But last night your father fought for you so that you could have this, that and the third. And it's like, oh, I never see that. I genuinely have never seen this man plead with my mom or tell my mom, give Christina this or give Christina that. Though she says it happens so much, I've never seen him do it. So I have no understanding that this man cares for me i have no actual proof that this one actually loves me because when i'm in his when i'm in his vicinity he acts like a complete piece of shit and you want to know the thing my mother listens to my podcast she's very supportive of my podcast and one day she will end up on this video and i don't know how this video will make her feel but yesterday when i came out from my room and i was telling her about my book which i'll talk more in another episode that's much more brighter than this one she told i told her that i wrote about my dad because the book has a lot to do with me as a person and so she told me to write whatever I thought I needed to write, whatever I felt, whatever was true to me. She knows the truth between her and God. And I thought that statement was odd, right? Because it's like, what are you saying? Are you implying that I'm lying here? But I don't think so. I think she's just made peace with how things are. And that's my biggest problem with her. I think she's made peace that everything is fucked up and she wants us to be silently fucked up about it. She still has no desire to protect me from this man's alcoholic abuse. She still had no desire to keep me away from this man. She just wants us to live in some sort of fucking harmony that will never exist and before i continue this next chapter i don't normally have suicidal ideations anymore yes i'm sorry this is going to be really dark i should have made that warning in the beginning um this will talk about suicide and dark thoughts i don't have suicidal ideations anymore i've worked on that for a long time i've been really good at i have not thought about killing myself i made jokes about it but like really i've not thought about it at all and so last night when I was driving, I literally had the thought that if I ran my car into this tree, I would not be able to go home. I would be instead put in a hospital where I'd be stuck there for a couple of days and I would not have to be with these people in that house again. And it was the first time that I had thought about something like that for a long time. And so because I had the thought, I was frantic. I started screaming and I was crying. I was in, I was uncontrollable. I was, there was nothing that could make me calm down. I was just... I was basically like Azula from The Last Airbender. If y'all remember that scene where she was just, after the fight with her brother, she was just, that was her. She was like, you know, yeah, you felt bad. Yeah, that, that's me. 
That was me in the car. I was screaming relentlessly and I was crying. I was like having the most, most unesthetically pleasing female rage I've ever seen in my life. And so I was screaming and shouting and I called my cousin back because she had to hang up to do something. Well, she called me back and I told her what happened. And she was like, Christina, like, you have to be strong. You have to ignore it. And I was yelling at her that I could not ignore. And then I started telling her the specifics of what's been going on in the house. And then I began texting my friends and I tried to call them, but they were not available. And so I began frantically texting them. And here's the thing. And I hated that I did that. That's the thing, right? My best friends want me to share a lot of the stuff that's going on with my life with them. They want to make sure that I'm okay. They don't need to treat me like a child or basically, Christine, are you okay? Christine, are you okay? But they know that I am now in, uh, not necessarily my childhood home, but I'm in my parents' home. And they know the story. They know much more details. They know everything that's happened. Matter of fact, one of my best friends truly doesn't like my parents. She knows, she knows much more than, you know, than you guys would know, for example. And so it's really odd, I find, to like keep stuff from them. But not only that, I really could have used their support. They were unavailable last night. One was working and the other one was probably out somewhere, but they were not available last night. And so I could not get a hold of them. So I began to frantically message them, which is a pattern of stuff I haven't done in a while. Like frantically message, like message them what I was trying to do, message them that I wanted to die and all that stuff and yada, yada, yada. And it was not, and I'm saying yada, 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 but it was not like, um, it was not like being dramatic and it was not like for aesthetics or for whatever. I was legitimately in my worst state that night. I was so bad. I was crying nonstop in the car. I was texting them and texting them and they were not available. And I told them to please pick up if they were available. But I know they would have if they were available, but they weren't available. And I desperately needed them at the time. And I had never needed my friends more than last night. And I never got a hold of them. So I basically go home and I give my mom her bottle and I'm still like crying and she looks at me and she tells me, don't think this to me. And I tell her what? And she says, don't look at me like that. And I don't know how I was looking at her, but perhaps she saw because it wasn't shame. I wasn't looking at her shame. I was defeated. I was actually defeated to my to my understanding, that night, yesterday night precisely, God has put me back in this house to end me. There is no reason why he would put me back in this house if not to relieve some of the worst memories of my life. Like, there is no reason as to why I would be here because I cannot fix this family and I will not fix the family. I will not attempt to fix the family. I do not care to fix the family. And I cannot change my mother. I cannot change my father. I cannot stop their alcohol abuse. I cannot stop my mother enabling my father's alcohol abuse. I cannot stop my uncle coming over and enabling his alcohol abuse. I cannot tell anybody what's going on because everybody believes that these guys are the best motherfuckers in the world. Like... Telling other people in the family that I'm not okay renders them confused. Well, Christina, how are you not okay? Like, you know, your mom, she's so great. Your dad, he's so great and funny. And you have anything you can ever want. So how are you not okay? <laughs> and so in my head, like, I'm put back in this deep hole and I cannot get out. And this time I have experienced freedom. And this time I have experienced better. So it's worse. This time I know what it's like to be loved and appreciated by groups of people. That I know what it's like to have your own peace and solitude. I know what a home feels like. I know what it feels like when I'm with my friends and I'm at her house for like weeks. And yes, we get into arguments, but not like this. I know what it feels like to live with people, to live with strangers and never come to this state of like being. I know what it's like to live and I know what it's like to be happy. But my mother insists that we can have harmony if I just let this go, if I just look the other way. And how can you look the other way to a situation like this? 
I cannot have peace because they're always yelling. If my father is not drunk, he is the most, the most insufferable, sober-minded person. He's so easily enraged and he gets livid for the smallest of things. He yells at me for anything and everything. You could be breathing wrong because everything doesn't matter to him. He needs his alcohol to be happy. That's what he needs. And if he gets his alcohol, then she will join him. And when they get together like this, I cannot stand either of them. She holds me a little too hard when she's drunk. She grabs me a little too rough when she's drunk. Gets in my face when he's drunk. He gets in my face. He yells really loudly. So I cannot ignore any of this. And I came home last night and I was a mess. I went to my room after she had said whatever and I locked myself in. And I had a fucking tantrum, bro. Like, y'all see those toddlers in the fucking grocery stores that are like, wah, wah, and they're like crying on the floor, shaking and fucking kicking shit. That was me in my room last night. When I tell you I had been on my worst fucking behavior, I had a whole fucking tantrum. I was slamming myself in the walls. I was crying on my bed. I was like shaking, like, what the fuck? Because I was so enraged. Like, why the fuck am I here? Out of all the places, you could have put me in prison. I'd be like, at this point, why am I here? Why the fuck would I be back in this place? What is there for me to do in this place? Why would you put me like as one of your toughest soldiers of the year, God? Because I swear to you that if you do this shit to me for longer than intended, I will die. I will not survive in this house twice. I will not make it out of here twice. I was in my worst era, I promise you. And I was crying through it all. There was a lot of anger, but really it was a lot of like pain. It was a lot of sadness. I was crying through it all because I did not understand what is it that I have done in my life or in my past life that would warrant this kind of this kind of life that would warrant this kind of behavior that would warrant any of this shit. Anyway, I knew things were getting dark when I was actually opting, like trying to get myself out of the situation by any means. That's right. By any fucking means, I was trying to get out of the situation. And when I realized that, holy shit, Christina, take a moment, take a moment, take a moment. I was really trying to fight with myself. Like, Christina, take a moment, take a moment. And I couldn't take a moment because I was too sad and I was too angry. And I couldn't calm myself down because I was too sad and I was too angry. And so I had to really force it upon myself. I had to really, like, I... <laughs> There's nothing that makes me smile more than my dog because she looks like a stupid... Like, she looks just stupid. Dogs look stupid. They're so cute. And so I had laid on my dog for a while. And every time I lay on her, she makes these little grunting sounds. She's not in pain. She just does that. And so I laid on her for a little bit. And after hearing the little grunting sound and smelling her, I calmed down for a bit. And I noticed all of the frantic text messages I sent to my best friends. And so I did the only thing that I knew what to do. And I called the National Help Hotline. And I spoke to somebody. And I, I, I gave him a fake name. And I told them my situation and they spoke to me for a long time. And, you know, it was nice because it was like, yeah, I'm not crazy. This is really happening. And they were like, oh, no, I understand. You wouldn't believe like, yeah, this is this is a common thing. Don't worry about it too much. Well, not like don't worry about what's happening. But they spoke to me about it. And I told them I'm really ashamed because I sent these frantic messages to my friends, which I just not stop sending up until the time I actually fell asleep. And they were like, it's okay if they are your friends, if you don't do this often and they are your friends and they know what's going on in your life right now, they will more than understand why you sent those messages. That's one. And two, they will check on you as soon as they have the availability to do so. And after a while of talking to that person, we kind of assessed what could I do about the situation. I spoke about the fact that I don't have a job and I'd really like a job. And they asked me, do you really think that you're suicidal? And I said, no. And they were like, 
really? And I said, no, I don't think so. Because the thing is, I don't want to die. I really don't. I have a lot of goals set out for myself that I know I can accomplish, that I know I can reach. I just cannot be here. I just cannot sustain being in this house when they are like that, when they are the way that they are. I have some of my worst quality traits brought out of me whenever I'm in their presence because they do not know how to be better and they won't be better. And I have to be stuck kind of moving around like they do. And that brings out the worst quality traits of mine. And, you know, the person I was talking to was very like, she was listening to a lot of stuff. And she was like, yeah, you think you'd be fine if like, let's say you found a job and you live at a very small apartment by yourself. And I was like, absolutely, I would be more than fine. I would be happy. Like, I wouldn't have much, but I would have peace. I wouldn't have much, but I would have a home. I wouldn't have much, but I would have love. I wouldn't have much, but I would have a lot more things that I desperately need here that I don't have. Or at least if I have them, they are given to me with really odd and unnecessary circumstances. They are given to me alongside with a bunch of shit that I don't deserve or want. The abuse, the neglect, the disrespect the self-deprivation and everything else. I cannot share a plate that has love and have all of these things on that same plate. I cannot feel at peace. I cannot feel safe if I'm in a place where my dad is constantly drinking and getting in my face and yelling at me to the point where one day he actually did put his hands on me. I am not safe. I don't feel safe. I don't feel love. And my mother wants me to deal with it. My mother says that's just how he is. He gets like this. And da 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 And you know, I've watched a lot of these shows on TV, a lot of these scenarios where I would see the parents kind of like let the kids be abused by the other parent. Oh, that's just how he is. Try to stay out of his way and all that stuff. And you know, um, because I guess these words had never been spoken to me precisely, I never thought that I was that kid. And now I'm understanding more about my childhood in middle school and high school that I was in fact that kid because that's what it was. Stay away from him when he's like this. But he's always like this. And so there's no fixing the situation. There's nothing I can do because I'm stuck here. And I don't want to die. But but being here enables me to get better. Being here just really fucks me up to a certain degree that all of the work that I've put in just become, in a sense, kind of useless. And it may not be true, but at least it's how I feel. Um, all of the work that I've put in myself becomes sort of useless. And it's a little harder because I have no savior, I have no guardian angel, I have no fancy rich godmother who's gonna pop on and be like, oh my goodness, you're treating my god baby like shit, and takes me and I don't know, move to Canada and take me to London and start a whole new life over there. But at the same time, I don't want to give up on myself and that's why I'm always in the frantic situation because I have so much to do. I have so much that I want to do. I have a book that I want to write. I have a podcast. I have uh, my TikTok. I have so much that I want to share about myself with the world. I have so much like love to give. I have just so much more within me that it's really hard to just kind of like look at my situation and just be a little defeated. It's it's defeated like because I cannot get out. I have no means to get out and I have no ways to get out anytime soon. And so I'm just kind of left here every morning when I wake up with a clearer sense of mind than when I went to sleep. And I feel a lot better. And I record my podcasts and I edit my books and I post my TikToks. And I try and pretend like I'm somewhere else and I try and pretend that I'm living alone again. And I meditate and I close my eyes and I pray and I cry and I pray and I cry and I pray and I cry. And I don't know how long I can keep it up. 
and I don't know how long I can preserve myself mentally and emotionally. And I don't know if I still will have the benefits of the support system that I have. And I mean benefits like I read a text from my best friend the night that I, the night that me and my father got into the altercation, and it was really nice and it was really sweet. But I couldn't feel it. I couldn't connect to it because I was in such distress and in such despair. It was just, it was like a feather. It didn't have any weight. And it sucks that I have to say that because I know she means every word. But it didn't have any weight. And I know it's a bad sign because I know what these things can lead to. I know the path that lies ahead of me. And I'm not a strong black woman. I will never advocate for me being a strong black woman. I am a soft baby. I am a soft black woman. I don't do that strong stuff. Except for the gym. I love myself some gym. But I'm going to put the effort to preserve myself. And I'm going to put the effort to save myself. And I don't care what methods I will need to use. Right? And that being said, like... I don't care if I have to yell or ignore. I don't care if I will just have to take one of the cars if mine doesn't have gas to go away. I don't care if I will have to call my aunt and just embarrass myself by telling everybody what's going on so long that I could leave this house for a couple of days to get some peace of mind. I don't care what I have to do. I will do what it takes for me to save myself because I know no one's coming. No one came for me in middle school and high school and no one's coming for me now. And so I have no choice but to save myself because... I have shit that I want to do with my life. And having these people take away my youth and now my young adulthood is not going to happen. And so, though I love my mother, I love her to death. I cannot rely on her to support and save me from the alcohol abuse and the other stuff that my father will do. And when she drinks enough, she becomes like him. And see, even this episode sounded like a vent, but that's what I mean by like self-deprivation. Seeing myself kind of go back to these old behaviors and just like frantically messaging my best friends because I was in such despair frantically yelling and talking to my cousin because I was in such despair having to call the hotline and I feel like shit and I know you shouldn't and I know I shouldn't because I have done nothing wrong I have done I've just tried to save myself that's what I did last night with what I was giving with what I had I tried to save myself I called my cousin and I talked to her for hours I talked I messaged my best friends and then I called the hotline I tried everything to save myself and I did because I'm here today and I'm talking to you today but I still feel like shit because I've never had to be in this situation in a long time and it says a lot that the people who even gave me the reason to learn new tactics to better myself are the same people that inevitably drug me back into that same toxic situation. So shit is a little rough for your girl, but that just means that I'll have to put a little more effort, a lot more effort into new methods of self-preservation and meditating and ideas to promote more self-care, more this, that, and the third, you know, fix the situation but I also have to make peace that so long that I stay in this house my old version of me will be living with me and she will be here and she will misbehave and there's nothing I can do about it because that is just my inner child that's just me trying to fend for myself with what I have that's just me trying to defend myself because the truth is I don't want to die and I don't intend to but damn this house makes it fucking hard to want to live Anyway, I know this was a dark episode, but I like to end it in a good note. Um, here are the things that keep me going. Uh, my pets, because I love them dearly, truly. My best friends, who are my world and their great support systems. 
and um i know that the minute that they wake up because they sleep very late these awful people like it's like 6 a.m right now while i'm recording this they sleep very very late and so they probably will wake up at like 9 and 10 and be like oh my god christina um my best friends uh my goals my book i need to release my book my podcast um my tiktok i've received an enormous amount of comments of people really enjoying my content not only that just they really fall in tune with the message that I give or the stuff I say and I really appreciate that there's a community out there that really wants to hear me say stuff and speak I have to go visit Switzerland and Scotland uh definitely if I haven't done that then I can't go away I can't go night night I have a nephew and his name is Lucas and I would love to see him be a young boy and so I could kind of like you know spoil him because that the fuck I can't die until I replace my Civic. I love my Civic, but baby, babies, but you know, like, I want a new car. You see, this is a bitch with no job talking about she want a new car. But yes, I want a new car. I want all of that stuff. Um, not only that, but I, I want, I just, I have a lot in my future that when I was in middle school and in high school that I couldn't see that now I have. And so I have a lot of reasons to keep going. Um, unfortunately, last night, well, these past two nights were the first time I had experienced the the intense inferno of being here um but now that i've experienced it i think i know i've learned how to cope with it better and from now on i won't give a shit i will take the fucking keys of a car i will grab my fucking phone and ipad and i will put on some music drive somewhere park in a mcdonald's fucking parking lot and watch my favorite youtube videos while eating some french fries for two hours then i'll come back that's what I'm gonna do, because fuck that, bitch. I have a whole life to live. Gang, I'm out.